Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Johnny, and welcome to episode 116 of the Travel Like Boss podcast. I'm here with Michael Harbone from the UK. How's it going? It's good. It's good. How are you doing, Johnny? Yeah, really good. So I'm actually really excited to have you on the show because uh, not only are you uh, the first Ernest Affiliate student to come on, but turns out I actually met you years <laughs> before I realized. Can you tell the story of how we met? Okay, so... I was training um, a gym in uh, Mimbri in, uh, in it's just on the outside. It's about thirty kilometers from Bangkok, northeast. And I had an MMA fight in China, and I was looking around for a gym to go train. I went to quite a few, and then I found out the Thirteen Coins uh, gym had like an MMA program. I went to go check it out with uh, Brandon Kessler and uh, it was Bobby Garrett's also. And while I was training there. Um, you came you 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 came along because you were doing a tour or something of the gyms and um yeah we we met briefly talked briefly and that that was about it for our uh, converse you know like yeah. I, I saw you i saw you were doing the um your your blog at the time and that's that's how i started like just kind of follow you a little bit you know okay cool so do you remember how many years ago, ago that was when that was <sighs> jesus christ um that was like five, it was copy five, four or five years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So I was training at a gym called Phuket Top Team down in Phuket, uh, doing MMA and Muay Thai. And a buddy of mine named Will the Kill Chope, who uh, later actually ended up fighting uh, once or twice in the UFC, he said, Hey, I'm going up to this gym in Bangkok called 13 Coins. Uh, you know, do I come check it out? And. I just thought, you know, hey, this would be great for my blog, uh, my old Muay Thai blog. I'll go up there and, and do some, you know, shoot some video tours and, um, you know, maybe they'll let me stay there for free and uh, sleep in one of their, their you know, cheap rooms. Turns out uh, it was an addict above <laughs> the gym. Did you ever actually go up there and see what it looked like? Yeah, I did go up there. I was staying at uh, an apartment nearby. I was like, I'm not staying in that thing. Oh, it was, it was uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you could describe how bad it was. Um, okay, so it was like uh, you had to climb like some steep steps to get up there. Not even um, steps. It was like a like a kind of a broken a ladder. ladder. Yeah, yeah. The tie the the ties that were staying there were turfed out. So you and you were actually there was one or, one or two that stayed up there with you. Yeah, so they, they were in the the next room. So there was like three separate. Oh, okay. So it was basically the entire um, addict of the boy tie gym. Uh, and it was kind of separated so to like two or three different spaces. So Will had one, I had my own kind of space, and then I think some Thai people had another spot. Yeah, that, uh, at Thai gyms, that normally happens. They they provide um, like cheap accommodation. Mm-hmm. And normally in a Thai gym, they they train twice a day in in like train train twice a day, morning and afternoon. The gym provides them with accommodation, training, and food for fifty percent of their purse. Um, that's the regular thing. Some gyms, okay, they, 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 like the price, the percentage is a little bit up and down, you know. And what happens is the the gym has to provide them with accommodation. And the accommodation for uh, this gym was it was up in the attic. And the Thai gyms sometimes they don't really care where where the fight the fighters like sleep as long as they're sleeping you know um the 13 coins accommodation it was okay i've seen worse uh i've stayed i've stayed in worse uh when i was like a bootstrapping muay thai fighter um so yeah it was for for, i'd say for the person from the west england or america they would like turn their head and they they wouldn't want to stay in it you know because it's like it's the low of the low kind of accommodation yeah, it's something that you would see on TV, like from a slum. Uh, just you know, it's kind of this dark. I, 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 there was definitely at least there was a light bulb, but there wasn't you know, there was, like there's no furniture, there's no desk or anything. You kind of just crawl up this half broken ladder uh, onto the into this attic, and you just you just kind of lay down. And 
there were rats up there. Uh, you'd hear them every night. Yeah, I, I, I saw them. <laughs> the, the closest bathroom was probably like a 10-minute walk away because you'd have to crawl down the ladder, walk through the gym <laughs> into like the restaurant area. So at night, if I had to go to the bathroom, I would actually just stand on the ladder and just try to pee over the wall. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, it, it wasn't a nice experience, but you know, I think it was it was you know experiences like that that make me more appreciative of, of our lives today. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, after like thirteen coins, all right. Um, one of the places I actually built my own my own Muay Thai gym. Um, it was my mom went. That was about three years, three or three or four years ago, and the accommodation I stayed in, it was literally like the one I built for myself. It was like a wooden hut. I can, you know, like I can send pictures or put them in your show notes or whatever if people want to see this like this old gym of mine. And the hut, like the accommodation, it was literally one meter by two meters. That was that was the room that I stayed in. That was the tiny room. That's not the worst, but it was it was okay. You know, it was like a wooden hut. So, mm. okay. So, what, yeah, where was this gym that you you started? Um, the gym I started was in Membury, and what happened is I I did it in a like a I I put trust in the Thai people. I was like I was I I, I thought I trusted. So I started at the gym, and they started off by hiring an idiot construction guy who didn't know what he was doing. The foundations were like literally a meter deep uh, on sludge land. It was. It was a terrible mess, and then an engineer came and said, "What the f are you doing?" It was like you you, you can't do that. The, the foundations needs to go like six meters deep, wow, at least. And, and this was in what city? Is it like just outside of Bangkok or somewhere else? Yeah, it's about all right. So from thirteen coins, you were looking about uh, ten kilos. Okay, so ten kilometers away. Okay. Yeah. So I was like kind of doing it on their land, and I didn't do any contracts or anything. I was like. Okay, this this will be okay. You know, I trust them. They're nice people. I was very naive, and you know, it it was it was the first experience of um, how you know get getting scammed over because that sucks, it, man. It, start, it started in the uh, I think it was I started building it in June or July, and then it started to gain customers. And then you know the agreement I made with the Thai people was like, okay, I'll build it up and everything, but. Let me get my return first, and then I'll give you fifty percent of um, the profits. Mm-hmm. But they saw all these foreigners coming. In. They were like, "Oh, all these foreigners! You know, this is what I think was in their head. They're, all these foreigners are like uh, coming in, and they're they're paying money, but Michael's not giving any to us. But they didn't realize that I was paying for trainers, I was paying for new equipment, I was paying for electric. I was paying. They didn't realize this. Yeah, they just saw they just saw like money. You know, yep. like it was. It was they. They were busy. They were. They were like poor people. You know, I don't want to say bad things about poor people, but at the same time, the mentality of how is like, oh, there's money coming in. Where's mine? Yeah. You know? Where's my cut? Um, that makes sense. But they didn't realize what I was trying to do. You know, and in January, I had like I think it was like seven people, seven people training there. You know, uh, it was a small. It was a small gym, and I was like, all oh, right. You know, I was like, fuck, I'm gonna, I'm, I've got seven people, and I can expand. So I was going to expand again. Um, and just basically be able to have like talking like 15, 20 people be able to train, pay for the ties. I was paying for food. Uh, the accommodation was already there, so you didn't have to pay. But I was paying for the food, which was coming out to like quite like ten thousand baht a month uh, for everybody. I think maybe twelve. Mm-hmm. And it was just just people that I thought, oh, you know, it's I can be a, a good partnership here, you know. But you know, at the end of the day, it just like money saw them, and then I got a police. Luckily, I knew a police officer in the local area, and I couldn't get back the foundation or anything because they drilled into the ground, obviously. But I got back all the equipment and gave it to another gym. So literally, they they lost out on everything. You know. You know what sucks is in these situations, there's it's it's always like a like a no win situation. But I think people, you know, especially people who don't have the business mindset. They yeah. screwed themselves over. Uh, Tiger Muay Thai in Chiang Mai. Did you did you know? Have you ever heard the story? I, of what I happened heard there? it. Yeah, I, I know what happened. Yeah. So for those you know who who don't, and, you know, these are great business lessons for for anyone to learn. You know, even if you guys have nothing to do with uh, Muay Thai itself. But these guys had a huge gym in Phuket, which I've 
trained at, you know, million dollar, you know, operation. And they've been around for a long time. So, so they know what they're doing. They, you know, they know not to get ripped off. They know like to hire lawyers and they built this, you know, beautiful gym, probably the, you know, the most state of the art, biggest gym I've ever seen. It had four boxing rings, it had an uh, indoor BJJ area, had another indoor uh, you know, weight room, it had 48 rooms on site. And they invited me up to their uh, soft opening because I, I knew their general manager as well as um, a couple of the, the you know, fighters there because I used to train on that. You know, so I'm, and they're hanging out. You know, I'm hanging out with uh, you know former UFC fighter you know Roger Horta and you know, all these people and having a great time. And a few days later, they I get a message from the the general manager at the time saying, "You never guess what happened? They screwed us over." And they they just you know it's and here's the reason why we don't do any business in Thailand and this is why I don't recommend you know people have a location dependent business, especially in a country that you know. Uh, that the laws are never going to be on your side is people can just screw you over and, and there's really nothing you could do about it. Even if there's contracts in place. I've yeah. I've seen people who have put all the contracts in place, 49% to the foreigner, 51% to the Thai, and they still got screwed over. Um, the, the successful people that have actually made businesses and run in Thailand, they've actually, got, they've actually got it solely in their name. So what they do is they put, like, I'm just speaking from what I've been told. I don't don't take me legally on this, mm-hmm. um, but they put 49% in their name, and then they have nominal ties who basically have no voting rights. So they give 5% or 10% to this person, 10% to this person, 10%. So literally, they, those those other people they have not enough uh, like percentage in the company to have no voting rights, so they can't do anything. Um, and it's, it's I think it's just like kind of a, a loophole that's in it. But again. After all my experiences, I would never touch another business in Thailand. You know, it's, it's yeah. just not worth the pain. Well, you know what? Uh, hundred, you, you know, you're hundred percent right about that. The thing about it is, uh, what you're saying is right. Uh, I actually know a few a few business owners um, that that's what exactly what they do. That's how they set their business. Where they have forty nine percent, and then they find like you know a couple a couple different Thai people. Sometimes lawyers. Sometimes you know just random people. That own you know tiny percentages in the company that and they don't know each other. I think that's the most important part. Is so they yes. can't get together and just vote you out. They have you know they don't even know who who the other people are. So you know they're not going to do anything. But here's the problem: is if you are not successful, you're not profitable, you don't have business. Nobody cares. Nobody come after you. But once you are profitable, that's when people want a cut of the pie. You know, and it's this um, you know it's really like a scarcity mentality that people have or entitlement mentality they're like oh this person is making so much money in our country um it's time for us to to take a piece of it you know like why is this person getting rich and they don't uh, account for things like investment costs or like you know return you know roi or hiring practices or equipment costs you know all these uh, you know fees that there are they just see like a lot of customers and they decide okay it's time for us to you know cash in uh, a good example is rent. So if you rent a place, you know, to start a Muay Thai gym or co-working space or, you know, coffee shop, whatever it is, and you don't have any business, your landlord is happy that you don't have business because it shows that if they had started something, they wouldn't have made any money anyway. So they are better off collecting rent from you. But if they see a ton of customers, they get greedy and they're like, well, I'm going to raise this guy's rent because first off, he can afford it. And second... Uh, if he leaves, which I want him to, I'll start a business there and I'll become rich because, you know, um, obviously it's because of my, of my land, this location that makes it so great. And almost a hundred percent of the time, the, you know, the people move out because the, the rents go up like crazy. Uh, you know, they kind of get screwed over and the new landlord, they're just stuck, you know, holding the bag and, and they're not making any money because they have no business sense. Like I can't, I, I wouldn't say like put, a hundred percent of like the Thai people in this because there are some savvy people who you know they they, they are there are good Thai people you know like there are like every country there are the good and the bad um so I wouldn't put like every single person into their category you know of like oh they'll they'll, they'll screw you over um because I I have like friends who like that they've been to the west and they've opened up their own businesses in uh, in thailand you know um so they've they've got a bit of a, a western mentality you know um 
I yeah, know. I, I mean, I Thai people in general are super nice. You know, it's it's such a great oh, yeah. culture. I, you know, I love Thai people, but I would never do business in a place where people have, you know, the the upper hand legally wise. Yeah, uh, and also it's it happens so often. You know, where, where I mean, like I've heard like hundreds of, of stories of people getting screwed over doing business in Thailand and people always think that you know what this person is going to be different because I know their character they're a good person and they still get screwed over so <laughs> it's, it's not worth the risk I've heard it many times <laughs> I mean it's the same reason why I wouldn't get married uh, without a prenup actually as funny as I was just talking to Larissa my mm. ex-girlfriend and she just mentioned over the phone that if I ever get married again to promise her you know whether it's you know you know, and regardless of who I get married to, you know, she's like, she's like, make sure you sign a prenup. And those weren't the words she used because in South Africa it's a, something else. But she says, make sure you don't uh, enter into a con- like a marriage contract where you get screwed uh, if things don't go well. And because it's, it's happening to you know to someone uh, that she knows right now, and you know, as a as a very logical woman, you know, she sees it's it's destroying their relationship, uh, but also. They neither of them can leave and move on and be happy in their own lives because of this legal binding document that screws one party over more than the other. That's really that's really nice. Uh, you like you you were together, then you like you you like you split up, and then you still talk to her, and she still gives you good advice. That's that's really really nice to see. You know, like you you've you've kept each other as like friends. You know, yeah. Like, I, I, you know, it's like you know why would you spend so many years with someone you know that you love and then just have it become someone you, you know you used to know right like you know if yeah. you if you can't be together as a as a partner you know why not still have a great friendship yeah so so yeah but anyway so uh let's fast let's fast forward so grew up in you grew up in england you moved yep. to thailand and do muay thai uh nine years ago nine years ago we Kind yeah. of almost the exact same time. Um, so I moved in 2008. So you actually moved here before I did. 2007. Wow, that's crazy. So kind so of very seven months. Yeah, very yeah. similar paths, right? Where, you know, we're both doing Muay Thai. Uh, I'm assuming you're, you know, you're living on the cheap. Yeah. And you, we randomly met this gym just, you know, for a few days. You know, didn't really keep in touch that much afterwards. But then you saw that I had a blog and you just started following it. What, what, what made you intrigued by it? Um, it was, I think it was, uh, I'd have to, I'd give me a second, I'd have to think back. Um, what was it? I think it was just like, I was, I was, like, at the time, I was like, I was earning my money from, like, Muay Thai, fighting China and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I was, like, kind of thinking, I, I want to make some online income, you know? Like, because I would fight Muay Thai. And then it would go to a point like sometimes I wouldn't get fights in China. I'd have to go teach English, which it would take up my time. I just wanted to fight Muay Thai. And I was like, right, I, I want to find a different way to earn money online. And then I started looking what you were doing. Like at first I was like, okay, I met this guy, but I'm, I'm still a bit skeptical, you know. Like I was, I was like, it could be done, but can it really be done, you know. Um, and yeah, it was, just, it was just the fact that I wanted to like out like, make another source of income which could make me money you know mm-hmm. i think i think i started following you in about a year and a half i think it was about a year and a half ago i started following you okay it's when you do you're doing your drop shipping yep and it's so yeah i think a year and a half ago if i, if I think back i think that was kind of like when i was already being successful drop shipping so i was talking about it a lot because i was really excited and this is kind of before I, I was doing all the other businesses and that was kind of like my primary business right yeah yeah, I, f- I found you on. Uh, I actually followed. Uh, I actually read some of your posts on the my fight. Bl- my fight, fight camp blog. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And yeah. yeah, and I think so. My dot com is still up. I don't really update it much anymore. But that was all about my Muay Thai and MMA journeys, and that you know kind of taught me, you know how to how to write you know in a very clear concise way that people can kind of follow you know how to build a following uh in a passion that you have and you know just how to blog in general so so it wasn't a waste of time but i, I never really made any money from that blog yeah it was the the blog was it was, it was good you know as a as a muay thai like enthusiast and someone who trains muay thai i actually uh, i actually read it because it was it was something that i did and it was like okay where has he been okay what's this camp like um you know, it's because it, like, you gave your personal opinion, and it's like with some of the other blogs as well. I've uh, what's, 
Muay Thai scholar. He he also does a very good job with his as well, you know. Um, and I, I just re, I just really like when at the time I was like, okay, where do I want to go? Okay, what's this camp like? I didn't want just one opinion because one opinion is one opinion. I wanted to okay, what's this person got to say? What's this person got to say? What's this? So I can get a broad opinion. Okay, what is the actual opinion? Because somebody might have had a good experience that day, and another day someone might have had a, a bad experience. Yeah, that makes sense. Good, you know. Yeah, and you know what's funny is I, I used to read some of those uh, blogs, especially when I was looking for different gyms as well. So I remember I was, you know. I was, I was just researching gyms and I was like, oh, you know what? I wonder if there's a multi gym in Kotal. So then I, I read one and the review was like really good. So I went to Kotal to train and I was like, man, this gym sucks. <laughs> and I actually reached out to the guy and, and I emailed him saying, why did you say this gym was good? You know, and like it obviously isn't, you know, it, and, you know, no offense to everyone there, you know, I'm, I'm sure some, some people, they want to, you know, head kicking me for saying that but it just yeah. you know it was more of a gym for tourists that just want to try it out once right you know they don't really care about training Muay Thai they're not there to fight professionally they just happen to be there because their boyfriend is scuba diving so they want to just try Muay Thai because they happen to be there uh, you know it's, you know, uh, it wasn't really set up to be a, a legit Muay Thai gym um, you know, so the trainers well, didn't, didn't really care. They kind of just let, let you do whatever you do. You know, no, you know, it wasn't it wasn't very serious, right? Yeah. And I emailed well, him saying, "Why would you say it's a good gym when it's obviously not?" And he messaged back saying, "Like, oh, you know, I, I can't offend people because of you know X Y Z reasons." And that's when I decided, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna review more gyms and I'm gonna do it super openly and honestly and, and tell people, you know, like what's up, you know, the pros and the cons. Yeah, well, it's like um, this. That's that's a depending on what gym you go to. It's like it, it can be a good thing and a bad thing. It's like I actually heard about uh, one guy who reviewed a gym in Bangkok. Um, I don't want to say the name because maybe I might get like done if they hear this podcast. Um, he actually gave a bad review, mm-hmm. and he got Thai pe- Thai people actually came after him. Mm-hmm. This is what I, that, that's what I heard. You know, it was like I was like, oh. You know, like, okay, that's that's a bit crazy. Um, but at the same time, gyms are like, especially the Thai gyms, like Thai gyms, we're talking like the 96 Penang with uh, like proper, proper, like there's no foreigners. Mm-hmm. Those gyms are always revolving. Mm-hmm. Like there was, I was at 96 Penang for, I think it was two years, two and a half years, maybe, no, three years. And during that time when, um, I think it was during the, the pro when the protesters first happened, um, when like the the, the junta came in, mm-hmm. when that happened, Rajdhanan Stadium was closed down, and the the gym just died. Mm-hmm. It, it just went dead, and it was like, why am I training here? Mm-hmm. You know, I was going there, I was bored. You know, there was there was me and another fighter. The other fighter didn't want to clinch from me because he was just he was being an arsehole because I was a foreigner and he didn't like me. You know, um, that also happens. Uh, so not all gyms, but because you're a foreigner, they don't like you. Yeah, uh, well, it, and it, you know what? Uh, also, what they said about um, you know writing negative reviews is people. I think it's the culture where people really don't like hearing uh, constructive criticism or negativity, yeah. and not negativity as in you know like oh you know life sucks or you know uh, or you know like nothing honest, good. Opinion, honest, honest yeah. negative opinion. yeah yeah people don't, yeah they don't want to hear it they want it they just want to hear you know they're the best even if the you know even if their food sucks the restaurant doesn't mm-hmm. does not allow and i think i actually uh, heard i don't know if this is true or not that if you uh write anything negative about a business uh on social media uh that from- even if it's true that it's uh it's land it's defamation that's the one yeah it's so so much nowadays um no it's like um i was up in uh is a puttai song it's in uh it's in the province of buriram in isan mm-hmm. uh, where i go to re- visit regularly and we went to this restaurant with uh, my friends and you know they brought out and i said to them okay all right i don't want to put any sugar in it and they put sugar in it mm-hmm. and i was like and and another dish like they get uh, like it was a kapamu gob which is like crispy pork, mm-hmm. and in this one they put so little crispy pork and a lot of vegetables, and the sugar was too much sugar. I I, I went up to them. My friends were like, no no no, don't say anything. I was like, I don't give a an s, you know. Uh-huh. I went up to them and said, hey, you know, talk to me. I was like, this has got too much sugar in it. Make it again. 
this this some what's this is this is just vegetables you know and it was like my friends were like no don't say anything don't say it. and i was like no 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 i've got to you know, it's like... But well, that really depends. Like, so if you said it in, like, a really rude w- way, then obviously they would get pissed, you know? But if you were, like, super polite about it and be like, hey, you know, I'm really sorry, I'll, you know, even if you just said, like, like, you know, I'll pay for this one, but can, can you make another one without sugar? You know, I really don't want it. You know, it really depends on, on the way you say it, right? So, like, if you want it to be, like, super polite, you know, and you said something like, hey, I'm, you know, really sorry, um, you know, but I really you know, I really can't have them sugar in this dish. You know, I'll, I'll even pay for this one. You know, can you, can you make another... Uh, it's very different than, you know, kind of demanding, saying, like, you have to make this one again, you know? Yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, like, some, sometimes I'm a little bit, like, rash, you know, because yeah. uh, I've, cause, cause I've, I've lived here for quite a few years. It's like, um, I sometimes get annoyed at, like, them, them not listening. Sometimes I'm okay, but sometimes I'm having a bad day and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Well, you know what's actually really funny is so one of the reasons why I wanted to learn Thai is because you know sometimes I ask for like like some very specific things right like you know like please don't make it you know too spicy or please um, substitute this for that you know and I know it's kind of a pain in the butt especially if it's like you know, there's a language barrier so I was telling a, a you know a, a, a friend a Thai friend saying like yeah you know I I always just assume it's my fault because um, if I spoke Thai you know they probably understand. And they said, nope, trust me, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, that's kind of just the, the attitude a lot of times here. But, you know, it's one of those things, right? Like, it's, you know, it's, um, you know, there's pros and cons of living everywhere. And because they have that my bin lie mentality, that kind of like, you know, yep. uh, nothing, nothing matters, nothing's a big deal mentality. That's also what makes living in Thailand so great because it's so laid back, right? Yeah. But, yes, yeah. it's... Uh you you've got to it's like living here is like it, it's great but at the same time you've got a you've got to grit your teeth sometimes but um i think it was the last six months i've been i've been like a, a grumpy old old man you know well that's when we gotta um, catch ourselves and be like you know what we're, we're in this one of these moods you know nothing's going well and you know it may not be your fault maybe things going around you are not going going well but that's when you know we got to figure out okay what can, what can we do about it can we you know and usually it's if we have enough money we can pick up and go and we can, you know, stay in a nice, um, you know, a nice five-star hotel somewhere, get really good service, eat at nice restaurants for a while and then kind of reset ourselves. We were like, okay, you know what? This is nice, but I don't really need this. I don't need like people to like wait on me hand and foot. I, I can go back to eating mm. the, the $2 Thai food that, you know, they mess up half the times. It's like, um, like since I've, like sometimes it's it's nice, you know, just like once in a while, you know, to to go out and have that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, most of the time, just like yourself, I'm going out to the the Thai stores and eating the Thai food, and yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a pretty nice life, you know. I live I live I live quite moderately, and it's it's a nice life. Yeah, so, yeah. So you know, what's funny is um, I think the the one thing I've done uh, that really got people to. To, to understand, I don't. I didn't really do it on purpose, to be honest. You know. Uh, so what? What I what I do now is, if food is just really bad, or it's like you know, it's not what I wanted at all. Uh, yeah. I just won't eat it. You know. I'll just I'll pay for it. You know. And I would just be like, and I'll just tell them like, oh, I'm not hungry. You know. And but I think they know. They're like, oh man, we messed up. You know. And I think that mm. actually um, gets people. To notice more than if like mm. you know someone complained you know because okay um, i'll change that <laughs> <laughs> and you know at the end of the i mean and this is why i like being in a position where you know it's not hurting us financially to be able to to order something and just be like oh you know what it's you know it doesn't taste the way i want it to taste you know like you know maybe the cook sucks maybe the food was bad quality or maybe they didn't do it right or maybe it's just not our our personal preference but either way you know we vote with our dollars right and if we have enough yeah. voting power man like life really becomes easy and you know to be honest you know i'm getting a little bit um tired of you know of the standard day-to-day life here in, in thailand even though i love it so i'm gonna fly to to to, to europe for a while and I reset myself and when I come back I guarantee you I'm not even going to remember the things that used to annoy me here the, the little things I'm, I'm going to come back refreshed yeah that happens I went, I went back to England for six weeks uh, no it was, no, sorry it's a little bit longer uh, back in January uh, this year and I came back and I was like oh, I love this food now I, get, I was eating it every day and I was like yeah now now it's not so good you know so um, no it does happen when you when you go away from the country for a bit 
I like it. Let's let's talk you know more about the business. So you started following my blog right around you know when I started doing well, Josh. I mean, I was kind of you know I was really excited about it at that time. Did you have any online income at all? Um, I was doing like kind of uh, like selling things online. Uh, I was doing some freelance work on Fiverr. When you say like selling things online, what do you mean by that? Uh, just stuff stuff on uh, eBay. Okay. Uh, just finding stuff in, stuff in Thailand that I could sell, uh, and then just selling it online and send and send it out of the country. You know. Okay. So then, when you start following my blog, like what 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 kind of caught your eye? What did you start doing first? Um, I was actually just trying to. I actually. Um, I followed your book for a little bit and I was like, what's he doing? And then I actually bought An- Antoine, well, uh, Antoine's course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried it and it was going okay. And I opened up a limited company, United Kingdom, and I came to a, a big problem. When I tried to open up a bank account in the United Kingdom, I couldn't. Oh, and I couldn't that? do it when I went back to the UK um, because I don't have a trading address. And this this was one of the biggest things for me that I, I couldn't find on Antoine's course is like how to open a, a, a business bank account because if I use my personal account, mm-hmm. I could have done that. But if they found out I was using it as a business account, well, I would have like had it closed down and then I would have had problems. So the, so so the like, UK, how? is it not not legal to, to use your personal bank account uh, to run a business? No, it's, it's, I, I'm not... I'm not sure how that runs, but I actually talked to the bank. I was like, right, if I run my business like transactions through my personal account, is that okay? And they said, well, if we find out you do that, we'll close down your account. And I don't think it would take much because it'd be like, oh, the money's coming to this and it's going straight out, coming in, going out, going out. You know, and those students start to realize what I was doing. Um, that's so crazy. That's, that's a rule because in the US, you know, it's you can you can absolutely use a personal account for for business you know i'm, I'm actually googling it right now just because i'm so curious if this is a real thing uh it, you know. it was the, it was the bank i'm not sure if it's a law but it was the bank my bank i i have law i have lloyd's lloyd's bank and that's what they said to me and i was like ah oh, okay it's like great you know i would have preferred i would have been like oh i can do this you know and i would have actually worked my ass off to open a drop shipping store but then like it just didn't happen you know mm-hmm. um, I'm still I haven't refunded the course because I think it works I've seen it like I've seen in the forum many people making money and then I've seen the the Facebook group many people making money I'm like this dropshipping thing does work but I just can't do it because of certain things and it bre- it broke my heart I was like Okay, so I look for other things to do online, you know. Um, yeah. So actually, you know, it's actually great that that you're talking about this because, so for people from from different countries, it's going to be more of a challenge to get started because it's not going to be as straightforward. So obviously, Anton uh, and myself are both from the U.S., so you know that's one yes. thing we can speak about, right? So I can tell you know I can say with one hundred percent certainty that if you are American, that you can use your own personal bank account to start your yeah. dropshipping store, and if anything. You know, there's no almost no reason for you not to, unless you have, you know, a super high net worth that you're that you're that you want to protect. So you know, if you have a, a million dollars in the bank or something, you know, then yeah, you should go through the process. But if you're just some average person, you know, uh, especially because dropshipping is one of those businesses that, you know, there's not that much liability because you, you know you're not the one manufacturing the product, you're not the one shipping it or anything, but. For you, the for an American, one hundred percent. You know, you can just sell under your name. You, you know, you can just you know uh, be a sole proprietor. But for the UK or for Australia or for you know, if you're from Sweden or Holland, you know, chances are you don't have to find that stuff out yourself, and it is a roadblock. So I actually, I absolutely understand because there's yeah. going to be all these hurdles that other people aren't going to be able to answer for you. Um, and I, I think yeah. that's why it's kind of hard for me to, to even, you know, rec- like sometimes when people, for a long time actually, uh, literally until very recently, when people said, um, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm in the UK, I don't know if it's going to work here. I would say to them, I, I don't know if it's going to work because, you know, I'm assuming it will, but I haven't met, you know, I don't have any personal friends who, who have done it. Well, uh, the, yeah. the thing is like, the only reason why, like when I went back to the UK, mm-hmm. I had a, I still had my limited company. I had my limited company for over a year. And the only roadblock was opening a business bank account. And the only reason why I couldn't open a business bank account was because I didn't have a trading address. Now, I asked, uh, like, my my mother in the UK, and I said, okay, can I use your address? She's like, 
I'm sorry, it's a, it was against it's against her mortgage policy, so I couldn't use it. Okay. Um, but there are other members in the UK who have opened up a business bank account on, and because they trade from home. Um, but that was really the only roadblock for me. I'm like, when I, when I do get back into the drop shipping, once I've I've finished all my old Kindle stuff, mm-hmm. um, I'll actually really research. Okay, how can I get around this thing? You know. Um, so, but so apart from that, I'm, I I've just looked it up while we're talking, uh, and I looked up mm-hmm. at startups.co.uk as well as the Guardian. Uh, they both have articles saying what what do you need uh, to be a sole. Tr- a sole trader. Uh, oh, I'm a sole trader. Okay, so uh, as a sole trader, which I, I assume is just like independent, you know, self self employed, yes. right? Do you need a personal yeah. or a business bank account? And according to the, um, go- huh? Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. According to uh, the Guardian, uh, it is legal. Is it legal to use a personal bank account for business? And according to this, it says there is no legal requirement to have a business bank account if you are a sole trader or partnership. It's only necessary for a limited company. However, it is quite yes. useful. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, I was trying to do one as a limited, like as a limited company. Okay. Um, but um, it's like as a, I'm a sole trader because I want to have. Uh, I've got that under my um, my for my Kindle business. I've got everything going through my sole sole trader because then I can claim expenses on that. Okay. That, uh, yeah. Um, and there's definitely benefits of that. I can see. Yeah. And uh, my my mum's boyfriend, she. Uh, uh, he sorry, he works as like I think it's an electrician or a plumber, and he has a sole trader, and he runs everything through his personal bank account. So he hasn't got a business bank account. Okay, so, so it's definitely possible. Just in your situation, you, you know, you wanted it to be, um, you wanted to be able to do it under a limited company, you just weren't able to. Yeah. Okay. And then well, are there not like most, a, like address? Well, you know, in the UK, oh, yeah. Sorry, in the UK, mm-hmm. the, most of the companies won't. Uh, from like what I've experienced, um, they would they won't accept unless you've got a VAT number and a uh, registered limited company, and oh, you I don't see. want a VAT number because that's an extra twenty percent on top. Okay, and that's just not fun. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so, <coughs> I guess the the other thing about it is like in the US, you know, you can get a um, a virtual address or like a forwarding address. Uh, is that something yeah. that you guys can get in the UK? Oh yeah, I had uh, for my uh, limited company. I had a registered uh, registered address in okay. London. But but they wouldn't let you open a, a bank account using that address. No, because it's a re- it was a registered address, not a trading address. So what what actually is a trading address? A trading address is where you work from. A registered okay. address is where your mail goes. Oh, I see. Oh, man, so you guys have much different rules. It's it's crazy, right? It's hard. But you know what? What's great about it being hard is it keeps out other competitors. And, yeah, you know, so I, I firmly believe that at least in the UK, uh, it's probably way more difficult to get started because you have all these rules. Uh, but I bet you there's also wide open business because there's less people getting started. And actually, so I don't know the guy, but a guy named Karen, he just uh, Karan or something, K Y R O N, he just messaged me uh, the other day saying, um, you know, he saw that I'm selling my. I sold my dropshipping store, and he w- he wanted to just to know who my broker was because he has a store in the UK that is uh, doing yeah. two thousand quid a month, and I was like, wow, you know what? I've been kind of waiting for someone to to be successful with dropshipping in the UK, and you know because I don't personally know any of them, I haven't really been like, recommending it too much to to people from from England, but. Like this guy's been in business for you know o- almost a year, and he's been making on average you know two thousand British pounds, which is, which is almost three thousand US. Awesome. Yeah. So now I'm know I'm like, okay, well, how many other people are like him who figured it out? You know, figured out all the rules, and are making you know, you know three grand a month, uh, running a UK based dropshipping store. You know, there there must be other ones. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Like they've opened a uh, Facebook group now for the the actual UK guys to have a discussion oh, for nice. um, Anton Anton's course. I, I like to call him Antoine, by the way. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's cool. You know what? That's actually really cool too. I think um, about a year ago, there was nobody in Australia who was successful yet. So people were also saying like, oh, you know, it's you can't do it in Australia because they don't have, um, you know, uh, minimum advertised price policies or blah, blah, you know, all these things. And again, I'll be like, I, you know, I don't know because I'm not from Australia. You know, I assume it's going to work, but, you know, I can't definitely say yes or no. And yeah. uh, as as of about a year ago, 
there are a ton like of you know I would say tw- at least twenty plus people who are making a full time living dropshipping in Australia, and they are like really at it because. I think their their economy sucks right now, so like people are really excited to do their own business, and and there's like these huge groups, uh, both in person in Chiang Mai, but also online, that are all Australian dropshippers. Wow, that's that's cool, man. Yeah. So I, I yeah I I really think that the UK is gonna be next. Hmm. And what's cool is when so when you signed up for the course, how much was it? It was a thousand. Okay, so uh, yes. so have you have you like logged in recently to see the, all the updates he's given? No, because I've been working on my Kindle business, so I haven't. I've been focusing solely on that, so it's it's not really worth my time to actually okay. look at uh, the other course, you know. Okay. But when I go back into it, I will open up again, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, actually, what, what's cool is when you go back in, you're gonna see he's added a ton of content. So if anything, you got in at like a sale price, and now you got all this other other free stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It's cool. So, uh, <laughs> how did you how did you first hear about the Kindle stuff? All right, so it was like I said, it's about a year and a year and a half. Mean, a year ago, you interviewed a guy. He was making three thousand dollars a month on Kindle, mm-hmm. and I was like, because I've been like trying different businesses. I've been jumping from the one to the next one, and I just they just weren't working for me. Okay, and I was like, right, this I'm going to try this Kindle thing. So I I started like I signed up to uh, it's a course called uh, K Money Mastery, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I started going through the course, and I was like, uh, "I can do this. Mm-hmm. This this is not that difficult." Mm-hmm. Um, so I started going through the course, and then the first month, which was like about about ten days, uh, I made twenty six dollars. I was like, "Uh huh." And then the next month, I made ninety dollars, mm-hmm. and then the next month, I made two hundred dollars, and then I made six hundred dollars, and then I made nine hundred dollars. And then last month it dropped down to I think it was seven hundred dollars. Okay. But this month I should should make a thousand this month. Nice. So you've been making between seven hundred to thousand dollars in uh, in Kindle like profit per month, or how does that work? Uh, I haven't. It's I've been sleeping with the business. Uh, okay. I haven't been recording it, but okay. I haven't created uh, a new book okay. like. The, all, all, all of my main investment was basically in the last month was virtual assistants. I've been paying them to do like certain tasks. Okay. And that last month, I think it was around, I paid them $400. So $400 to $500. So I made maybe $200 profit uh, last month. And, and by the tasks, are these things that like are, you know, start, you know, helping you start new books or new brands? Or is it, so I guess here's the question uh, is, the the money that you made from Kindle, so like let's say that's seven hundred dollars. If you didn't have that VA, would you have still gotten that? Um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm thinking no because I was I was making a certain amount, but some of the some of the book. Uh, I really think about it. I don't think I would have no. Okay. After, after I really think about it, no. So, so like so what the are, VAs, they, they, they did help. Okay, so what are some of the tasks that they're actually doing? Okay, so they're like okay, so they format the books. Mm-hmm. They email um, like what's it called? Uh, like other seller, uh, other like uh, what they called like the top rate sellers. Mm-hmm. They email other like like okay on the Amazon re- like on the Amazon page. Like when someone reviews something, mm-hmm. they have an email or they have a website. Now, not everybody has this. Now, if you go into your Amazon uh, seller page. Mm-hmm. You'll see yourself if you have your email or your or a website on your page, and some people don't, so they can't do that. So okay. what what happens is you have to they they have to go in and they email the 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 the, the people that reviewed the stuff already, mm-hmm. uh, and they email. Okay, I've got this. The book is on free promotion. Um, I'd love your opinion of it. Blah blah blah, blah. Um, and they do that. They format the book. Um, what other tasks? Format it. Uh, I okay. have ones who make covers. Um, okay, yeah, awesome. so there's a few. There's, there's a few tasks, you know. Um, it's just running off the top of my head. So. so, so it sounds like what they're doing is, you know, they're they're building the foundation for for all your current books and the future books. But the actual income that you're getting from it, you know, once these are things are up and running, at some point. They don't have to create, you know, more covers unless you're, you know, creating new books. They don't have to like even get more reviews. It'll be kind of set and done for. So it's almost like the money that you're 
uh, you pay these VAs are an investment to make more money in the future. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's correct. Oh, that's great. So, I mean, like that really does mean that you, you know you are making you know seven hundred to thousand dollars in in Kindle per month. You just happen to be reinvesting some of it so you can <laughs> grow your income more. Yeah, that's that's right. It's like the, the the way I see it, like the one thing for the first year I want to do is I'm basically trying to reinvest all of my money into the business. So all that money is reinvested, and then at the end of the year, I'm like, oh, okay, I made like four thousand dollars this month, but I don't have to do anything, you know. Um, but it's not just it's not just Kindle. I put it in. I put it in uh, KDP, which is Kindle. That's the eBooks, mm-hmm. CreateSpace, uh, and there's the audio. Um, I'm also now looking at the uh, CDs where people can buy the CDs and everything in the business is once you've done it you don't have to do it again because Amazon does everything for you like someone orders something they send the file someone uh, orders a paperback Amazon prints it Uh, someone orders the audio file Amazon sends it someone wants the CD Amazon makes the CD sends it it's that it's that simple of a business, you know. Yeah, I love it. I love how passive it is, and that's why when I interviewed uh, Adrian for that episode, I think it was episode mm-hmm. eighty-four. Uh, it was probably the one you listened to, which you know it doesn't even feel like that long ago. That was like uh, end of August of last year. Uh, you know, I had him on, and he was. I asked him like, you know, how do you create these books? How do you you know how, how do you outsource all of it? Because he doesn't do any of the writing, and I'm assuming you know by following oh, no. the same course as him, you know. You, you you kind of figure out how do you outsource the writing, the book, you know, the uh, book covers, the promotions of it, getting reviews, all that stuff. Yes, it sh- it sh- in in the course it, it it shows everything that you that you need to do uh, to basically build a business up. Um, yeah, so it's like every everything I outsource. Like I can't write a book, I can't make a cover. Promote promotion now is is too much work for me, so I outsource it. Doing all the tasks, you know. I'm, I'm currently making uh, like like videos for my VA, so they're like, okay, I do this, 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 and this, you know, and it's like, boop, and then I give it to them, and like, okay, um, because the guy that created the course, Stefan, he created um, like a virtual assistant like training program, mm-hmm. but some of the like things he teaches in the program, I want to do differently in my book, so I'm having to record my own ones, so they do it the way I want them to do it. Like his videos are good. Like uh, the it's got like an extra course as the virtual assistant trader program. Mm-hmm. They're good, but um, I'm doing my own one because I'm like I want them to do it a little bit differently, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's always a great thing too. It's really cool. So what I think is the coolest thing, and one of the reasons why I want to have you in the podcast is the story of you know how people kind of connect and how they become successful. Is, is crazy, you know, like you came to Thailand even before I did, you know, we happened to meet through Muay Thai, you started following my blog, yeah. you saw, you know, you heard um, the interview I did with Adrian on the podcast and then you actually did the work. So instead of just kind of brushing it off and, you know, just saying, okay, well, that'd be nice. You, you were like, okay, you know what? This sounds like it'll work. Let me actually do it. And that's what is most exciting to me is when readers of my blog or listeners of the podcast they end up becoming guests because they've followed the advice <laughs> that the previous guests have left and they become successful themselves. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to be a guest as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, good, nice. <laughs> I've, been, I've, I've been following the, the Travel Like Boss podcast and I was like, I'm going to try and get some kind of income. I'm going to be a guest on the show. <laughs> you know, that's a great, that's a great goal. And you know what? Those are the guests I love. So I think every single person listening to this should put that, you know, down as a goal. Say like, I want to get, you know, I want to have enough income from doing things that, you know, I've learned from Johnny or learned from the guests on the show so I can go back on it and share with the next generation of people saying, look guys, this really works. You know, I mean, obviously it wasn't easy, right? Like you still have to do work. But no, not easy. But yeah, but was it worth hard it? work and dedication? Oh yeah, it's like I'm I'm putting in quite a few hours a day right now. So in a, in like six months' time, I can sit on the beach and like still be making like four thousand dollars a month or five or six. You know, that, that's why I'm working so hard right now. So in the future, I can just relax. Yeah, and that's amazing. Just like having the passive income come in, it, it's great. So what made you join the Ernest Affiliate Course? Um, it was like. So I started the, the the Kindle course, and I was like, I want a way to talk about it because I went, I went online and I was like, I was looking around, I was like, uh, there's a lot of people that are talking about Kindle, 
but they're already successful. Mm-hmm. And there's no one out there that went from square A or step one. And to my knowledge, I'm the only person that has gone out there and gone from like day one, this is what I earn. Like, you know, my first month I made $26. And the reason why like, I wanted to create the blog is like, I created a blog before, it was called uh, myconltd.com. Uh, um, you can still find it, it's, it's still up there, but I think all the posts are deleted. And I was like, I was actually doing my honest opinion of the dropshipping store, mm-hmm. but like, that, that basically ultimately failed because of like, like we talked earlier. And I was like, I think this can work, and I want to talk about it. And I was like, at the same time, I was like, it'd be nice to make a little bit of uh, income at the same time. If I make income, fantastic. If I don't, I don't. But it was it was just a way for me to tell people about what I was saying because before it was like I'd go to my friends. I was like, hey, hey, look at this. What I'm doing, what I'm doing, and they'd be like, shut up. You know, they weren't interested in what I was doing. So mm. what I wanted an outlet to be able to. to everybody and now it's like you know if people are interested they can look at what I'm writing if they're not interested whatever you know um, so it's it's kind of stopped me annoying my friends as well yeah that, you know that's, I think that's really cool because the thing is like it's it's motivating right to be able to share and document I think one of the best things I've done is document my progress kind of from the beginning because you see yourself grow and you can you can tell if you, you're being lazy because a month passes you haven't yeah. done anything and then you one of the best ways to, to learn and grow is to teach. So, you know, if you, yes. you know, if you, even if you're just teaching like the very basics that, you know, you just barely mastered, you know, that, that really helps you master it. Right. You know, like if, you know, like let's say you learn how to, you know, create, um, you know, like your first book and then you write about it and, you know, you kind of show people that first step then the next time you're going to be able to make a book even better because not only have you done it yourself, but then you also had to go through the process of teaching someone brand new how to do it. And that really, really helps like clarify yeah, things. The, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like the, the other nice thing is like it, like it also keeps me in check. Mm-hmm. I can't be like, Oh, I'm not going to do it this month. I'm like, no, I have to do it because <laughs> I've already started it. And yeah. if I, if I don't do it, people are like, like, um, it's like certain things like, uh, I did, I've done something and uh, someone says, oh, why are you not doing this now? Why are you not doing this? Like, uh, um, okay, now I've got to explain to this person why I'm not doing what I'm doing, you know? So it's it's a nice thing to, like, keep me motivated as well. It's like I don't want these people, like, hassling me, you know? Because yep. it's, it's, it surprises me how many, like, like, I think it's now I get, like, 10 to 20 people viewing my blog a day. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, who are these people? Why are they viewing my blog? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's just like kind of like, uh, it takes me back. I'm like, wow like people actually following what i'm doing people are commenting people are like messaging me you know it's like i've had people thanking me and i was like uh okay cool you know that's like it's not like oh being big thing it's like it's a shock you know people are actually saying thank you for my content um you know because like some of the stuff i give away is like uh i did a a blog post on trello Mm -hmm. which is a completely free software and i was like check this software out i did a video about it i was like this software helps me so much and then i got it was uh oh it was not even related to kindle a guy uh, who does muay thai uh craig floon uh he owns uh, uh, a gym in scotland Mm -hmm. and he said thank you so much for that video it helped me out with my planning so much i was like that's amazing you know it's like wow i've helped someone out that I never even thought I could help, you know? Yeah. I, I, I concentrate on my friends on Kindle. It was like, wow. I, I think that's amazing. And if you guys want to check out Michael's blog, it's freshbelief.com. And, you know, he writes, you know, very openly about how much money he's making from Kindle. And what I like about it is, you know, it's kind of starts like right from the start, you know? And so for people, I, I bet you there's some people who might look at like my blogs, my income boards and be like, you know, oh, it would be nice, but I don't know if I can get to that point. But what's, you know, first off, you can. It just takes time, right? But what I like about yep. your blog is people can look at it and be like, okay, you know what? This guy's, you know, he's making, you know, a couple hundred bucks here, $1,000 here. You know what? That I can catch up to. You know, I, I, you know, he's like just one step ahead of me. I can definitely catch up to this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like with uh, the, the, kin- the, the Kindle thing as well, it's like I've been, uh, like I've mainly been taking like the one course came in mastery but there are i've actually been looking at 
other things because so, like sometimes you need a, a different look at other things as well you know mm -hmm. um another course that i took was uh it's called uh my self publishing revolution mm -hmm. uh and it just like it, it it kind of like it took me from like it, it's basically straight to the point it says do this 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 and this you know um like with like with Stefan's course, which is uh, came in a mastery, it gives you a wide variety. You know, it tells you okay how to set up your back end um, to like open your mindset and everything. Is it shows you a lot, but sometimes you don't know where to look. Um, so with some courses, you know, it's like there's there's one guy who opened up a uh, a course specifically to set up your back end. Mm -hmm. So even though I've like I've taken the Kindle course uh, with came in mastery, I have looked outside as well because it's those those other courses have helped uh, like broaden my mind on uh like my my journey you know it's, it's helped me mm -hmm. um like expand and i'll be like 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 if like now it's like the 24th of this may mm -hmm. um it'll be on the around the start of the month i'll be doing a big blog post on on this to talk about this on how other courses can expand your mind and um how group posts group groups on facebook can be good and can be dangerous as well you know yeah i, I like it a lot and you know what so you're one of the the first you oh, so, yeah you're one of the first members of Ernest affiliate who i've interviewed uh probably yeah definitely the first oh, person awesome. so i'm nice. excited to have you here so look what so besides wanting to kind of share your your journey and talk about it like what made you confident to sign up for the course and like what what have you learned from it well it was I, i've been following like your like johnny fd blog for a while and i saw you as an honest person i was like this, this guy's talked about this 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 and you know this this guy seems honest and his his opinions were like whatever he says i'm gonna listen you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna see how it goes and then i signed up for the course and it was like i I don't know how much it is now, but at the time it was $197. And to me, that was like, that's a small investment for what I could make back from it. And I was like, yeah, let's just give it a try. Let's see what, you know, I want to I wanna do a blog. But last time I ultimately failed because I didn't have any direction. And like any anything I do, on, anything you do online, it's good to have direction and a course to show you how to get there because I could have started a blog myself and I could have like, I could have done well from all the free information online. I could have like taken bits off your blog and like, okay, what can I do here? Add this bit. I could have done, but with like taking a course, I was like, right, I've got this guy holding my hand, telling me, okay, do this, do this, do it this way, do it earnestly. Like you say, you say the course, do it earnestly because that way I'm like, okay, I have direction from the start. I could have just started advertising things, telling people, blah, 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 you know, like do this, this, and this. And I could have lost the reader base. But by doing the method you taught me, I feel that I've gained a good, a, a better following than I could have, you know. So, and at the same time, I've made back treble or quadruple my income on what what I originally invested in the uh, course. So nice that's part. another plus. Okay, cool. So how much have you made back from in affiliate income so far? Uh, I don't know specific figure, but it's like it was. It's about six to eight hundred dollars. Nice. Congrats on that, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, and so do you so, think that like you would have go by going through the course and having like the direction? Do you think that there's any like big mistakes you would have avoid? You know that you you avoided because of it. Um, give me a sec. Um, I'll have to actually have a, have a look at one. I'm just going on going on blog right now because I'm looking at the post they did about your course. Oh, I'm nice! Oh, nice. At the steps. Yeah. Um, so instruction modules, niche selection. Um, I think maybe the, the the part of the niche selection of like what products to choose um, and how it works. Um, affiliate networks, I already could have knew websites and blogs. I already knew that part. Um, content, the content part helped me. Um, I feel that like the first five posts, like don't try and sell anything straight away. You know, like um, that part helped me too. Uh, the traffic module also you know it's just all of all of the information on your course like i could have got it for free you know like it's it's, it's out there but at the same time it's like 
you have this YouTube video, this YouTube video, and you have this YouTube video. Num YouTube video one number says this, number two says this, number three says this. Some people, they just contradict themselves. And it's, for, for me, just taking the course has been like, okay, I'm going to follow one guy, going to follow his direction, I'm going to go straight, I'm just going to li listen to his advice and do this. Because if you listen to many people, you, this guy says this, oh, this, no, this guy says this, and you're like, oh, which guy should I take, which guy should I take? But by taking your course, you're like, just one direction, you know, just like, I just say, follow what he says. Yeah, especially if it's and a person who's actually day, done it themselves and not some random dude who, you know, on YouTube, who maybe they've never actually been successful. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, at the same time, it's like, you, you've made, like, if for income 10000 I was, like I said in my, in my post, I was like, this guy's made money. So I, I'm going to follow what he says. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, you know, I've got 30 days to refund my money, you know? <laughs> so, and, you know, and that's smart. I actually, you know, I, I think more and more now when people ask me a bunch of questions, uh, you know, uh, I just tell them, like, look, look, just sign up for the course, and if you don't like it, just refund it within 30 days, and, and I'm, I'm completely yeah. fine with that. But we get very, very few refunds because I think people will log in, and they're like, man, this is a lot of value for for $197 which is definitely not going to be for a long time it's going to be I'm definitely yeah. going to raise the price I just haven't gotten around to it because I, I want to add some more things before I raise the price oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that I'll, I'll check them out when, tell, tell them when they come I'll check them out <laughs> yeah definitely so yeah you know, big congrats you know if you guys want to check out uh, Michael's blog it's freshbelief.com and I, I, what I think is great about it is because you did it the earnest way and you did it correctly not only have you already made you know seven eight hundred bucks from uh, your affiliate income but those people are gonna you know they're gonna sign up for things that genuinely work that you've done yourself that you're kind of helping them uh, with you know afterwards to, yes. to see them succeed and those people are going to come back for more because now that you've gained their trust because they see the ROI. They, they know that if they follow you that you're not going to lead them astray. You're not going to try to rip them off. That yeah. You're only going to recommend good things. Your reader base is going to grow. Your audience is going to grow. You know, uh, each person following you, they're going to... You know, you know, slowly, you know, gain more and more in trust in you, and your, you know, affiliate income is going to skyrocket one day. Yeah. Well, the the other thing I'd say is good about my my blog is like you can say, well, this guy's followed my uh, my course. Check out what he's done. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know it, it it is kind of funny that how similar your your blog looks to mine though. <laughs> did did you use the same theme? <laughs> no, um, I used oh, what's the theme? I can't remember what the theme's called, but. Um, now you use blogger um and i just i just like mimicked certain things off your blog because your blog's successful i'm like right i just want to do that you know like i want to want to see what works you know like i like that part i'm going to copy that part you know okay. um so yeah and it's all right <laughs> you know you still have your own personality to it it's still you know it's still your face on yeah. it i think eventually what, what happens is you know in the beginning people might kind of be like okay let, let me like really really follow the template exactly but then eventually people are like okay well now i kind of found my own voice i understand the, yeah. the concepts behind it um you know they kind of do it more their own way yeah of course um but we so. are one, yeah one other good thing is i think like it's if someone just like looks at my blog on johnnyft.com and they like let's say they, they did they just made it look exactly the same it wouldn't I, I i honestly don't think people would be as successful because they wouldn't understand why you know uh the post the way it is why you know um things are where they are because i, I honestly think the like the the knowledge behind it uh and the explanations behind it are actually way more important than just the, the way things aesthetically look mm -hmm. yeah yeah, it's like with the, uh, like, with the, like, I remember you saying, like, okay, do, like, a picture for the post, you know, and the A, the, the A one, you know, like, I did put in the A web and I put the Kindle pad and then I wrote it in black on a different background. And since doing that post, like, I haven't had anyone sign up to A but the people clicking through visitors to the, the actual affiliate page is shot up. You know, it's like it went from, like, zero to, like, six, 10, 15. You know, it's just shot up and I'm like, okay, one day someone's going to sign up and I'm going to get like a recurring income from this. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and the, the two tricks to that is either to get more traffic, which, you know, you, you know, you, you already started doing, but also in the, um, yeah. I think, module eight or seven, it, it shows you how to get more traffic. And then 
also uh, you know create posts where you can like really give more value. You know, give people reasons yeah. and ROI on why they should use something like Aweber. You know, which yeah. you know is a is a great email service that if you do it correctly, you know, you can you can earn a lot of money um, by having a good mailing list. Mm. Yeah. It's a uh, like you know right now I'm concentrating a lot on my thing on Kindle. Like I've got like I think like four, three or four posts backed up, which I'll be uh, like just putting out because I'm concentrating a lot of energy on Kindle. Um, but then then posting like I'm trying to post twice a week. Um, like the the was it uh, the the interview I did with you. I'm going to be posting that up like like for today. Um, so yeah, it's just. You know, like on your course automation, just like back up, back up the ones like create like content you can do. Like I had how to create an email list. I wrote that like two weeks ago. Uh, the Trello one, I wrote that like two weeks ago. So I wrote like five posts two weeks ago, which are like kind of evergreen ones, which I could post whenever I wanted. And then I just posted them in certain times. Nice, I like it. Actually, so I have one question about the domain name. So how did you get freshbelief.com? How do you think of that? It took me about a month to think of it. I was going through a lot of domain, like the, a lot of um, like thoughts, and then it was like the fresh belief. And I was like, it was. I was thinking, you know, I've I've failed a lot of times. You know, I you you wouldn't believe it. You know, like, I've tried this, I failed. I've tried this, I failed. But at the end of the day, even though I had like even my family were saying, you know, you get the nine to five job. You need to you need to pay money. You need to get you need to earn a salary. I was like. Nah, I believe I believe I can do this. If I keep on pushing and pushing and pushing, I'm gonna get it one day. You know, like even with the Kindle business, if <clears throat> if my Kindle business failed, I would just try it again. I would say, I've made money from it. I'm just gonna try again. I'm gonna push and push and push. And I believe that just by pushing and putting effort into anything, even if you don't have the skill and you keep believing in yourself, even if nobody else believes in you, you can do anything. I like it. And you know what's really cool about that is too is also it kind of shows that you know, uh, short two-word domains still exist out there because I'm assuming you it was available to register and you didn't have to pay for it? Yes, just $10. Yeah. So it really shows that like a lot of people I, – I remember someone like complaining saying, um, it, you know, like uh, – online business no longer works because all the good domains are taken and you know this is some no. idiot on on reddit and first off you don't need the best domain in the world to have a successful business you know whether it's a dropshipping store or a blog but it does help to have a nice um domain and it just means that you have to put in the effort and the time to find it and you kind of just proved that you know this great domain that's short it's easy to spell you know has a great meaning behind it is what's available yeah you know, it's like that. That was. That, I'd say that's the hardest thing about like the the blog mm-hmm. was the domain name. You know, and find I I thought of good ones and they were taken, and I I only wanted the .com. I didn't want .net smart, .org. Very smart. So yeah. I love it, man. So hey, congratulations. Uh, I, I have a feeling that you're you. gonna do super well. Uh, I'm gonna see you on the beach. You know, making four thousand in passive income, <laughs> sipping the coconuts. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I have a feeling that you're going to do extremely well with, with all your business, with your work, your work ethic, your fresh belief, uh, just, you yeah. know, believing in yourself and pushing forward. So good job. Yeah, thank you. And if you ever come to Bangkok, I'll be at the, the, the Hubber, the Hubber workplace. I'll be working there from now on. All right. Sounds good. I'm actually uh, flying out there tomorrow night for, for a few days. So, so I'll look you up. <laughs> Uh, I'm not. I'm not in Bangkok uh, until next week. So just oh. let me know, and uh, I'll uh, I'll let you know. I'm still outside of Bangkok, but you know we could uh, we could hook up. So yeah. just let me know, man. No worries. All right. Uh, I'll see all you guys next week. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus "How to Choose the Perfect Niche" episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.